This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, how's it going? We are great. Um, sounds like everybody's uh, sounds like everybody's uh, riding a rainbow here. <laughs> We're doing all right, right? Uh, lots of good news and behind the scenes. Um, everybody's. I don't know. I think we're turning a corner here, Joel. I think we're. I think finally, the gods are smiling upon us. And uh, to boot, we got in front of the or in front of the curtain. Or is that is that a, even a? I don't even. I'm making things up. I was like, oh, go along. Uh, New Japan had a show that was pretty great. Um, well, I mean, I mean, it was good. It was great. It was it was a very good show, but uh, with some surprises and some things that. Uh, We'll be talking about, I'm sure, as Joel drives the boat. Uh, where, where are we going first? Where, do, where would you like to go first with a little... You want, you want to warm up a little first? Yeah. Should we share some, some you, of the good news? The good, okay, good news yeah. number one. I didn't tell you this, David. I bought a new MacBook because my old one is... I've had that since 2013, so it's pretty knackered at this point. Um, I dropped it. I may have told you this. I, I can't remember if I shared this on the air. I, <laughs> I dropped it from a great height several years ago when I wanted to have a shave, but also wanted to watch, I think it might have been a G1 match. I remember it was a Tai Chi match, Tai Chi against Naito, I think. And I propped it up in the bathroom on a high shelf, facing the mirror so I could shave and also watch right. this Tai Chi match. And it fell off and <laughs> cracked the screen. So I had to oh. get the screen replaced. And since then, the, the webcam hasn't worked. Now the battery's absolutely knackered. Like if I, if I unplug the power supply, it just turns off straight away. It's at 0%. So I thought, you know what, let's just get, get a new one. I tried to get them. This is really boring. So <laughs> I bought a new No, this is good. I, I'm into it. I bought a new one. So I was really excited today. I'm like, yes, going to record the first podcast on the new MacBook. Then I realized that I'm not able to plug in the USB microphone to the new MacBook because it's got the new style of USB. So I'm uh, recording on the shitty old MacBook, which uh, oh. is a big fuck up. We- but- We'll, we'll manage. We'll manage. Um, yeah, you got to get one of those. I, I know. I know it's ridiculous to say in 2021, but I have the same MacBook, right? So um, I, there's like a little. You can get them on Amazon. They plug into the 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 Thunderport. Is it Thunderport? Is that what I'm thinking of? And then uh, then you can c- connect a, a bunch of different peripherals. So you, I have like uh, two USB, uh, your your power. Uh, and then an HDMI in, um, all on this little thin thing that you hook to your port. So yes, that is that is it is amazing that uh, that that is the case. Well, I have everything. Um, actually, I even have everything on a on a um, solid state drive that's external. So I have my operating system and my um, I would say ninety percent of my programs that I use is on the solid state drive. And the solid state drive is the size of uh, maybe my index finger, and it's thin, um, and it plugs in. You can you, you know. now it's gotten boring. I've, I've taken it to boring. <laughs> no, right well, now. I, I was going <laughs> to jump in and say I can't do stuff. Uh, it, it, external hard disks 
so fucking clumsy, Damon. I every time I have an external hard disk, I drop it like once a year. Really? It's an annual thing for me. So um, I've just got a collection of broken <laughs> uh, external <laughs> hard disks around, lined around that. Uh, I'll probably never get around to fixing. But uh, the other bit of good news is I found some imitation strong zeros in the shops. Um, now I've started to explore Bangkok a bit more and find these awesome Japanese supermarkets. And the ones that I found, it's exactly the same. Um, the size of the can is the same. 9% alcohol, zero calories, blah, blah, blah. The, this one is not Suntory. It's made by Sangaria. So oh. uh, I got a lemon one and I got a ramune, you know, that that's nice Japanese lemonade that comes in the glass bottles with a little glass marble and you pop it in and it goes all fizzy. I got to, fizzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're really good. I mean, I, I do prefer the Strong Zeros because you get more of the seasonal flavour varieties. And I, I got very wistful before Dominion started, Damon, because I was thinking back to uh, June 2018 when I was sitting outside a Sakajo Hall in the sunshine and drinking my mm. lychee flavour Strong Zeros and meeting up with a couple of uh, friends of the show. Sean, I remember Sean and his, his partner, we, we had a little chat in the, I think it was in the Starbucks outside of Sakajo Hall. And I, yeah, I got very nostalgic. I was like, oh, those, well, can it be nostalgic if it's three years ago? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I was it's thinking, oh, right, it, it doesn't feel right. I mean, oh, this is two dominions in a row I've missed and it. Yeah, just hoping for, for better days in the future where I can drink my lovely flavor, Strong Zeros at the venues in, in Japan and enjoy it in person. But we make do with with what we've got, and I thoroughly I, I'm enjoying my sangaria uh, strong drinks. So, cheers, everyone! <laughs> Look at this guy; he is living the life now. Ah, oh. and now, are you in the apartment now? Yes, I am. Um, hopefully, you're officially the... out of the hotel. Oh no! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm no, I'm not. I'm still in the hotel at the moment. When you said the apartment, I've I've got Stockholm syndrome. This this hotel is my apartment now. So uh, no, not moved out of the hotel yet. Hoping to do okay. that maybe in a week. I would say, uh, gun to my head, there will be one more hotel based Super J cast left in me before we we start moving over to the new place. So are you gonna, are you uh, going to miss it? The hotel, I, I will miss some things. Yeah, um, we the housekeeping obviously. You, clean all up fucking mess up every day god bless them um you know not having to do stuff like making the bed and tidying the bathroom and washing the towels and sheets and things like that that i, I will miss that uh staff mm. here have been very good to us and uh we're still under sort of a covid semi-lockdown here in bangkok so the parks are still closed but there's a nice little garden next to us that connects uh, a coffee shop and some uh, residences that we take Esther to every day and she can have a little run around there and use up all her boundless energy so I will miss that as well so um, a bittersweet moment uh, but it's, yeah it's just insane to think about everything that's happened over the last 18 months and the fact that I've been living in a hotel for this fucking long it's it's wild Damon this is it's going to be a hell of a story to tell Esther when she's older I, I promise you yeah that is it's it's again i don't want to say we all forget but we all forget like how this has changed every aspect of your life right it is this like covid has changed every aspect of your life from not only where you live to where you work to where 
you're are, you're you're fucking around so much you're producing more offspring you know? <laughs> yeah the, the only constant really has been my wife Mally but even then you know the dynamics of your relationship change I'm not you know putting a value judgment on it but she is now uh like Mally one the mother of my child rather than you know your, your carefree partner who b- before you have kids when you can just do whatever the fuck you want and go out eat out whenever go on holiday wherever and yeah, things change, obviously, when you have a kid. So, yeah, in spite, I, you know, I was going to say she's been the one constant, but really that's all changed as well. So, you know, the my job, where I live, the places I go, um, the, the people that I hang out with, completely changed forever. <laughs> Crazy. It is unbelievable, dude. It is unbelievable. Uh, and through it all, you've been the anchor of this show. You've uh, been uh, the driving force. And uh, you know what? Let's let's give it up for Joel Abraham a little bit, people. You know, let's give it up for Joel Abraham. Fucking what a guy! What a fucking clap, guy! Clap for me, people. Yes. <laughs> Stand up and applaud. <laughs> get up! Get stop driving! Pull over! Get up! Get up out of your chairs! And I want you to shout out to the rooftops. <sighs> we got that out of the way. That's good. <laughs> Our, well, our put ourselves over <laughs> moment. I, I'm really excited to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Me too. Week. And it's you know it's been a funny old year for New Japan, and there've been some weeks. I'm sure it's been the same for you, where you've woken up and been like, "Oh my god, have I got to talk about this shit again?" But genuinely excited to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion show, which took place yesterday uh, on Monday, the seventh of June. Uh, let me start off with a few questions here, Damon. So from, uh, right. you, you might know this character, uh, Brian McDonald, who says, holy fucking Shingo. More of an exclamation <laughs> than a question, but yeah, holy fucking Shingo. And Steele O'Neill says, how fucking good was that? We got a new champ, Damon. We have a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. I just Let me just ask you first, what was your initial response when Shingo landed that last of the dragon and got the three count because there was you know that audible gasp from the crowd when he landed the move when I, when I was watching it when he hit the move my my first reaction to it was oh they're gonna make Okada kick out of the last of the dragon that's not good for Shingo I, that was my mindset I wasn't thinking like fuck yeah. he's gonna beat him I thought oh Okada's kicking out of his move but then it didn't happen we were one two three the shoulders stayed down and it it took me a while to process that. So what what was your gut reaction when it happened? Uh the high pitched what? <laughs> As I like to do. Uh yeah, that's exactly what? Like I couldn't believe I, I was w- with the crowd in an audible gasp. Um I was spoiler free. I um I was I had actually a very busy day yesterday. So, uh, in conversations behind the scenes with Joel, I said, okay, I'm going to watch this during lunch, my lunch break. And uh, I kind of went backwards. So, I started at the um, Okada-Shingo match. And um, I, I, I was floored. And here's what I was floored with. N- not so much that we were... Um, that the, the the title changed hands, but or, well, it didn't really change hands. It, it was vacant, and somebody grabbed it. Um, it was more of the fact that they went with a guy that was hot 
at the right time was high. You know what I mean? Like it felt like New Japan always seemed to miss the mark and and miss getting that title to a guy who the people are behind has momentum. It it just didn't feel like they knew when to strike, <laughs> you know, and they would always tease it. And it was always like, kind of like a new Japan thing where a guy had to wait and a guy had to wait and it were, whatever it was. And no matter what in ring quality Shingo was able to produce, you just never thought he was going to be a guy. And yeah, you, you thought he was like he, the next Ishii or the next Goto, the guy that right. you can sort of wheel out. Have a you know tremendous high energy, high work rate main event, and then okay, back to the mid card you go. Yes, he was going to be Shibata. He was going to be Ishii. You know, guys like that who consistently, consistently give you fucking everything they got, and then some more. Uh, produce in ring stuff that's outstanding, and even has a you know a, a pretty awesome character, a pretty kick ass character. Uh, just he just wasn't going to be a guy, and that was the first thing that I thought of was, oh my god, they got it right. Oh my god, they got it right. They 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 did it. Uh, and then it was just weird conceptualizing the idea of him being the top guy. You know what I mean? Like like if you, right now he is the top guy, which again is exciting. And pretty fucking awesome. And almost as if Western fans, at least, and I think even Japanese fans, are like, finally, a guy got it. (laughs) A guy that we never thought would get it, that we always think, give it, give it, just give the title to this fucking guy. He's, He's killing it. And they did it. And that was exciting. You know, I was talking to Manabu just before we started recording, and he he's nailed it. I think he said Shingo could be the people's champion. You know, someone that everyone can get behind. And and you know, people are are shocked. About, I'm shocked about this. Um, we've got a few questions about this. Amar says, did the pressure of the domestic scene rising and malaise with the company uh, from some fans force New Japan to break status quo and go all in on Shingo? And yeah, th- that's what I'm trying to unpick here, Damon, because we did not see this coming. Right, last week we sat here and we're like. 100% Okada's winning it There's no, Shingo's got absolutely no chance and we were dead wrong and I love being wrong sometimes you know we, we can sit here and yeah. predict things to a T you know we for months we've been saying oh yeah you know you can Will Ospreay's going to win New Japan Cup then he's going to win the title blah 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 but sometimes it's really refreshing uh, to be completely wrong about stuff and this is something that I just did not see coming at all and it's got people really excited I've seen uh, a lot of people say that they're going to resubscribe to New Japan World, people that sort of dropped off in recent months. And I'm not sure that an Okada win would have had the same effect. You know, we've seen that all before. I don't think that would have got anyone particularly thrilled. And Shingo winning it, you know, some people have been drawing parallels to Evil's win this time last year, you know, first time champion. But to me, this one feels more earned because I think Shingo has been built up really well. We know he can deliver those match of the year caliber performances in the big spots. And, and even last year, actually, when we were talking about last year's Dominion, when Evil won the double titles, lots of people would have preferred Shingo to get that push that Evil got last year. But I'm glad that they, they didn't do it and they gave Shingo an extra year to because he's been really elevated over the last 12 months. Like, he is, I mean, arguably the, one of the favourites or, or clear favourite for many people for wrestler of the year right now, looking at 
2021, the two Okada matches, the two Osprey matches, the Jeff Cobb match, the Tanahashi matches. And he, he ticks a lot of those boxes that you want as a champ because this guy always delivers. He always delivers when he's put in those big main event spots every single time. I, c- I can't think of many matches over the last 12 months where I thought, ah, you know, he kind of shat the bed there. So he's got it all down pat in ring. The promos are good. You know, that's something where I think he is uh, superior to the likes of Ishii or, or Goto because he is able to deliver fiery, passionate promos that get the fans interested. And often, I've, you know, this, this product's been pretty dry at times, Damon. Sometimes, to me, it's felt like Shingo Takagi has been carrying this company. And some people, you know, might have some questions about hot-shotting. You know, the fact that we've had Evil and Naito, Ibushi, Osprey, now Shingo, all holding the belt over the last 12 months. And four of those guys being first-time champions. And also seeing a couple of people saying they should have held off until they could get a proper crowd. I, I don't think you can book like that anymore, Damon. You can't tread no. water when Western interests, uh, at least Western interest, is in the toilet. And, and I think this could be a shot in the arm for New Japan. No one's thinking about or, or talking about Will Ospreay anymore. It's kind of wiped that that bad taste from the mouth, you know, for, for all the stuff about, you know, whether you dislike him personally or, you know, the, the negativity about him relinquishing the title and going back home because of the injury and all the, the scuttlebutt that followed that. That's all been wiped clean. We've got loads of fresh match opportunities. What do you think about the actual booking decision to, to put it on Shingo? Uh, it feels fresh it feels rewarding i i think rewarding is a is a solid term to use to for a lot of fans of this product again i i go back to it feels like it's uh a shibata thing or a an ishi thing where a guy that people really get behind and rally behind um and kind of Scratch their head of why? Why wouldn't this guy grab you know a shot? Mm. So why sorry, not? It's right, Damon. But I would also add to that, Shingo is a guy who you know you, we may not have, some of us may not have seen all of his Dragon Gate body of work, but with uh, more recent New Japan fans, a lot of people will follow the product. Saw him come in as a junior tag guy. He started off, you know that that was his big thing. You know the junior tag run with Bushi and the fact that he was never pinned, and then moving on to being a junior singles guy and have been there from from day one with his New Japan career at least and gone for that ride and all the ups and downs that come with it, the junior tag stuff, the, the singles junior stuff, best of the super juniors, losing that, the, the run with the never title, the New Japan Cup miss. Uh, so all of these things, you know, we've been on that roller coaster. So uh, it's a, a story that lots of fans can get behind but just because we've all been there for all the twists and turns for his New Japan run. Yep. Yeah, if we if you're just looking at it from his you know first time with Los Ingobernables, um, yeah, it's it we've seen the whole New Japan run. Uh, it I, I the other thing is this, it does feel, and and I get the point where where people are saying okay we this this title that used to be. I'm going to say used to be a lot in, in, in this because I think New Japan has changed. I think the jury is still out if it's for the better. Uh, I mean, we're talking about it positively here today, but I think it has changed in the sense that the idea of that title being 
this thing that is unachievable for a lot of people is over. At least now during and and until they get out of the muddy waters of COVID shows, the idea of this title being this, again, this peak, which has its absolute pluses. Don't get me wrong. The idea of me sitting here saying, not everyone can be champion. Not everyone can be it. This belt is special. I think that is over to a certain degree. Certainly not everyone's winning this title. Chase Owens is not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Chase Owens is not winning this title, okay? <laughs> Let's be clear. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Master Watto is not winning this fucking title. But the idea of, again, go back in time. Even though it is one of the greatest matches of all time, did anyone really think Shibata was beating Okada that night? Did anyone? The match was fucking great. One of the greatest matches of all time. It ended Shibata's career. He put in that much effort. Did anyone walk going into it think, Shibata's taking his fucking title? I don't know many who did. You were hoping for a great match. It delivered, and that's all that you expected. That's changed. That's changed. Now, again, we have circumstances that are beyond New Japan's control. You got Will getting hurt. You've got COVID shows. You got uh, canceled shows. It's been a fucking clusterfuck. But, and again, maybe they were that their hands were tied and they had to do what they had to do. Who knows? But at least they had the guts to fucking do something like this and to give it to a guy who's red hot, but not quite the guy. They gave him the title. And for that, that takes balls, that takes guts, that takes a little bit of self-reflection, right? And it takes, okay, how can we how can we lay a match under this promotion promotion and and start that fire again? And I think that exactly it was the right course. And again, you're right. I don't know if there would be as much buzz if Okada walked away with the chance. You, I sat here and I said, "You need an anchor. You need you need an anchor. You need you know stability." Blah blah blah. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe to get through the waves, you got to fucking step on the gas pedal a little bit. And, shot, and and fight through the waves instead of riding the waves. Maybe. Yeah, you brought up something there, Damon, that I was thinking about yesterday. I said on Twitter, actually, all the, the conventional wisdom of our New Japan fandom seems to be just, you know, piece by piece, going out the window. These little yeah. kind of unwritten rules that we have, like, you know, X will never happen because of Y. Like, our oh, junior's never going to beat a heavyweight, or a, a non-dojo guy's never going to win the title, or the G1 winner's never going to lose a briefcase, blah, blah, blah. All of those little things are, one by one, disappearing. And it feels like a, a product that is fundamentally changing many, many ways. And kind of like we're flying blind at the moment. You can't sort of hang your hat and think, well, you know, they've always booked this way, so this is definitely what's going to happen because there have been so many times over the last 12 months where we've been completely wrong. And that's right. exciting, but also a bit scary as well. You know, change is scary. 
And, you know, th this example that I just mentioned, um, we've got questions about this. Trish says, with Ibushi and now Shingo winning the belt this year, that's two former, uh, quote-unquote, outsiders, is prioritising those who came through your own system now a thing of the past. What do you say to that? No, I, I, still, I still think that um, the idea of New Japan system bringing them up through. But, I mean, let's be truthful here. I mean, Okada was technically an outsider, right? Um, you know, Kenny, technically an outsider. Um, so it's not like even in modern times it's been too much of homegrown, 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 homegrown talent. Um, that being said, though, I still think that there is a, a – that is the core of, of who they are, and I still believe – continue to be um again i'm just flabbergasted in the fact that they got it right <laughs> and they gave it to a guy that look let's put it this way if covid was not a thing and the world was not turned upside down would shingo hold this title I would say no. I think the roster right. has been depleted for a lot of those things you mentioned, you know, people getting sick or people not being able to enter the country, you know, maybe one or two new signings that New Japan could have brought over in, in if, if COVID weren't an issue. So uh, I would say no. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to say victim of circumstance, but uh, 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 okay, so Shingo, let me use a better phrase, he is, is benefiting. He's taken the, the ball and running with it, right? I don't think he would have got this opportunity uh, in in a normal year, no. Right, right. So he's making the most. Not I. He's We're making it sound like, you know, oh, he's making the most of a. Yeah, he is, but also, like, it is a feeling of New Japan saying, okay. Look, I'm sure there's part of it is. COVID related, and and we got to do things to to. To get through the waves, but, but it sends out that message, there, doesn't it, Damon? Like, if it's a positive message to the rest of the roster or anyone is. else, like, if you are good enough, you can be the guy. Doesn't matter where you came, came yeah. from. Doesn't matter how old you are, what company you, you made your name in. If you're good enough, if you can deliver like Shingo week in week out in the big spots on the mic, then we'll give you the ball. Right, right. I mean, it's. It is exciting because it is, and and any so the idea of the prognostication of shows and events and even we you know there are certain points in New Japan in recent history where it's you know February and we're already being like okay this guy's going to win New Japan Cup this guy's going to do this this guy's going to win G one then boom then boom off the Wrestle Kingdom we go and everything mapped out exactly it right. And yes, I like the fact that I have no fucking idea. Um, that is exciting. And you know what? You could go down the card and say that, though. You know, you can go down the card and say that. Uh, and, and I know we're going to touch on it, but look at Jeff Cobb. Would Jeff Cobb have gotten these opportunities um, and, and improve the way that he has? Like, he's a guy that's been in this business for quite a while. He's not some guy that just fucking 
you know, showed up in a ring one day and said, I'm going to be a wrestler. And, you know, six months later, he's, he's doing what he's doing now. He's been around. But even he has improved by leaps and bounds because given an opportunity. Like, there are guys that have made the most of this. That is for sure. Um, and I don't know if they would have gotten the opportunities before. So, again, for all the 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 hardships that this has brought, for, for, again, not even from a real-world perspective, like a fucking pro-wrestling promotion perspective, um, people have stepped up. And, and, and they've stepped up because they've gotten an opportunity to step up. Um, that maybe that wouldn't have been given before. Now, I know lots of people, when there is a new champ crowned, the gut reaction is to think, who are they going to lose it to? When are they going to lose it? Who are they going to lose it to? And I don't want to necessarily go down that road. I want to enjoy Shingo Takagi as champion and be excited about what the future holds for him. But I think we should address those questions anyway, because lots of people are going to ask, um, what is next for Shingo Takagi? So Cactus Max says, who, uh, who should Shingo be defending against and how would you book him up to Wrestle Kingdom? Joe says, is Shingo a temp champ or will slash should New Japan build around him as a strong champ? Chris Housen says, after Ibushi, who would you want to see Shingo defend the title against? I'd love them to run it back with Cobb. Uh, their never title match was so good. I want to see what they can do in a main event spot for the big belt. I'd also love to see him wrestle Jay White and Suzuki again. And then maybe Naito or Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom if he's still champion. So what do you think the future holds for Shingo Takagi? I'm excited because just the possibilities. Uh, So let let me, we know Ibushi is is next in line, right? Uh, Which I think, fantastic, right? Let's, let we could do that. And and no one's going to complain. You do have Jeff Cobb waiting in the wings, which would be the the big beefy, uh, you know, two hard hitting monsters beating the shit out of each other. Great. All in for that. Let's work our way backwards, though. Does Do you think Shingo would be holding a title come Wrestle Kingdom? At this rate, why not? I mean, if you... Why not, right? I don't want to mess around, you know, prognosticating about COVID numbers and, and what the attendance restrictions might be. But if you're asking me, hand on heart, is he a guy that I think is good enough to deliver the kind of quality Wrestle Kingdom main event that I expect from New Japan? Absolutely he is. I think you're fooling yourself yep. if you're if you're saying that he's not capable of doing that. Would would you would you have the guts, the balls, the intestinal fortitude, Shingo, will Wrestle Kingdom? I mean that is the match, isn't it? You know we've already got Osprey on Twitter calling Shingo the interim champ and. It, it, it would be tempting, but we've seen a lot from that pairing before. I mean, how many matches have they had now? Is it four matches? And uh, I had at least a trilogy. Yeah, yeah I, I would prefer to see something fresher. To me, I think. Okay, well, okay. Let, let me jump onto transition to another question. Uh, Ashutosh says Shingo winning the title raises a lot of questions. Biggest one for me is who should win the G1 now. 
the Masonic A says with Shingo's champ, who was a G1, and uh, questions about Lij. So Joe says, how will this affect Lij? Will there be infighting and jealousy or support? Chris says with Shingo's victory, where does that leave Naito? Can they both exist together in Lij, or does one of them need to leave? Done properly, Shingo versus Naito can be a money-making feud. Matthew says, has there ever mm. been a scenario where a non-faction leader has held a big belt and stayed in the group? Can we expect any tension from Naito or will he be happy wearing his t-shirt and tag outing? So, I think that is the match that I would make at this point. Naito wins a G1 and then we run Naito versus Shingo at Wrestle Kingdom. Ooh, boy. Okay. Okay. That's... That now, I mean. I'm not saying that's what I think will happen. Uh, my, my cowardly uh, vanilla chalk pick thinks we're somehow ending back at Naito Okada uh, sooner on than later at Wrestle Kingdom. But if you're giving me the book, Naito versus Shingo would be the main event that I would want to see at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, well, obviously it's a match that has, they, you know, it's, it's been held off <laughs> for obvious reasons. It would be fresh. Uh, there's a built-in animosity factor. There's mm. I mean I hate to say it will, but I think Naito's got a little bit more of a uh, a name to headline Wrestle Kingdom. Whew. That might that might be that might be uh that might be something, right? Naito wins G one. Would Naito be like a three-time winner at that point? Yes, I think so. That'd be something. Huh. And who knows how long Will's going to be out, let's be honest, right? You know, faking his injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would expect him to be back by G1. I mean, actually, Manabu gave it an interesting... It wasn't a suggestion for WrestleKeeping, but just in terms of a fresh matchup. Shingo versus Zack, how great would that be? Shingo versus, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's what here's what was disappointing when Will turned in that title. It was the idea of Will having these great matches against a, a plethora of different opponents, and now that doesn't change because we're just placing in we're placing in Shingo now in that spot to have. All these great matches and all these potential awesome main events throughout the, this year. And let's be honest, we have not even talked about G1 yet, right? So, for all our bitching and moaning and all our head scratching and all of our, you know, this product is fucking dry as toast. And, oh, this was, this, I mean, I, Shingo has been the catalyst of everything that has been good (laughs) in New Japan Pro Wrestling, aside from like Okan and Cobb and Zach and Tai Chi winning. You know, like I don't know if if are we turning a corner here? Are we turning a corner here? Like every time things start getting really stale, and we start thinking, oh, this is beginning to feel like a bit of a chore. They do something to just pull you back in, and you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Japan are back. And you think, yeah, yeah. we're on the straight and narrow now. It's all, it's all going to get better now. So I'd, I'd like, you know, 
I, I think there's reasons to be optimistic here. And, you know, it brings up a wider point I want to make that New Japan, they are having this very weird year where there's a lot of shit stuff going on. Some stuff is their fault, some stuff isn't their fault. But the, the main event scene, the, the title scene, has been completely purged of all the, the interference and shenanigans that we had in, in the back end of 2020 that a lot of people hated. We are getting a yep. really high volume of quality matches, way more than we did last calendar year. And, you know, like I said, there are legitimate things to complain about. But I think we should take a moment to appreciate and, and celebrate that. At the top of the card, New Japan is close to its best, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really hasn't. Uh, I mean, look, evil was a mistake. I think we can all sit here and say it was a mistake. I don't think it but, was the, the actual crowning of evil that was the mistake. It was the way it was followed up on, the, the way he's been put over the last... Yeah, that's been the problem, not the actual decision to put the belt on him in the first place. But yeah, I take your point. In retrospect, not good. Right. So there was a lot of problems. There there were a lot of booking problems at the top. And even we've said that, you know, if you can do that bullshit in the middle of a card or the under, you know, okay, it, nobody really wants to see it. Nobody really gets excited to see it. But okay. If you're going to do it, do it there. But 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 if you deliver a great great second half of a show, or even a great you know two matches, you know people are not going to remember the bullshit you know that's underneath. Um, and it does feel like we they've woken up to that. Um, and for for all the speculation of how booking has changed and who's got more stroke backstage now and who's um, you know, pulling strings and and politicking to 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 get their voice a little bit loud. For all that, you know, there be, there comes a time when, for their own good, they know what what's right, right. And it feels like you're right that the 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 shenanigans and the experiments of of what we saw for a lot of, you know. This year and even last year, maybe maybe we've turned a corner. Maybe we have turned a corner, and some and some eyes have gotten opened up a little bit wider, and, and it's it's people can see that you know what this is what makes this promotion great, and there's certain elements that have to we have to stick to. What did you think of the actual Shingo versus Okada match itself? Because we haven't discussed that at all. So what, what do you think all of the right. match quality? I thought it was a very good match. I don't think it was a great match. Um, I thought there were times where it was a little bit slow. Again, if if, if we're being honest, that fucking money clip can, can get right up the street. It just takes... I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know why he constantly feels he has to go to it. Uh, because it is... A, it's like... It, it's like if you have to put a finishing move on seven times to get a you know to get a guy to tap out, it's like okay, it's not that effective. Uh, and even the crowd, and, and again, it's a it's a clap crowd, but I don't know. You just kind of feel the air let out, just like oh, this fucking move. Um, I thought it was a very good finishing stretch with the the clotheslines and. I still believe Okada is. I love the way he sells a devastating move, like a move that that kills him. He sells so great with those just fucking 
dead stare he has. Um, I thought it was a very good match. I don't think it was one of the greatest matches from either guy, but it was right up there. And I will say this. Did the finish feel like it was, I don't know, maybe I just because I didn't expect it, or maybe it was because, uh, again, maybe it was because, it just felt like it was, it happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he hit a move. He got position, he hit the move, and that was that. Um, so maybe it was just the fact that it shocked me and nobody expected, everybody was waiting for the kick out, I guess, and it didn't happen. And it was just like, what? <laughs> um, what did you think? I th- I thought it was, again, very good. Not either one of the, the twos. I wouldn't even put them in the top five matches of all time. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the previous two Okada Shingo matches more than this one. But it, yeah, but it wasn't a bad match by any means. It was just perhaps dramatically compromised by the fact that I did not believe Shingo had a hope of winning. So it was... It wasn't like it was building to this exciting crescendo where like cheering for Shingo, come on Shingo, you can do it. You're thinking, you know, you're just waiting for Okada to, you know, slap on the money clip and get the submission or hit the Rainmaker or whatever. Because I don't think he's actually successfully landed a full Rainmaker on Shingo. So I, I was just waiting for that. I was just, you know, sort of half watching it, cooking Esther's dinner while I had it on in my MacBook and thinking, okay, when, when are we getting the Rainmaker? And it just it didn't come. And then Shingo won. So it was. It was uh, shocking, but it didn't have the chance to, for me to build up that sort of emotional and, and dramatic resonance with it because I didn't believe that Shingo was going to win. So, uh, yeah, very good match, but it didn't it didn't reach the upper echelons of their their series for me. I did like the fact that Shingo had some new gear, new colours. He'd swapped the green for some gold in his tights and his hair, so he must have been swapping notes with Tommy End. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's a... It's a magical thing when that happens, though. Like the idea of not knowing, and you you made mention to it before. Like the idea of not knowing, um, it just it it does make things a, a thousand times more exciting. Um, do you think the match went a little long, or do you think it was? A, yeah, it, I mean, all, a, all, all like Japan main events go too long. I think this is just the, the sort of. A systemic yeah. problem with New Japan that they think they've all got to go, you know, at least 35 minutes, which does cause you to tune out for the first half. So, you know, when I was watching the early parts of this and Okada slapping on a side headlock, I'm thinking, mm, you know, this is just, yeah. this is a long standing issue that I have with New Japan. Sometimes I, I thought they were going to go an hour. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, because he kept holding on to that fucking headlock in the beginning of the match. And I'm like, well, I mean, this is like a. You know, it wasn't forever, but it was like it just felt like okay, we're doing we're starting out with a headlock that he that he won't let go of. Like what's then then it, then it was, there's chin locks and, and I was like okay, all right. I mean they would throw in some some heavy hits, you know, sprinkled in there, but it felt like like when I when he was locking on that that headlock, that was the first thing in my mind. I was like, oh my god, are we are we are we going an hour? So yeah, I thought it was a little long. What did he go? Forty minutes? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I don't have the uh, results uh, and times up, so let me check. I, re- I mean, I know it went over thirty because they they did. I remember them doing the call uh-huh. of the thirty minutes, and uh, okay, and I was like, okay, right, yeah, I'm going to bring it up now so I can tell you uh, exactly how long it went. Uh... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
we hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. All right. It was 36 minutes and six seconds. Okay. All right. All right. Let me throw some yeah. questions about Okada. At you, Damon. So Chris says, with Okada yes. losing again, they should do an angle where he shaves his head, puts on black trunks, and returns to the dojo. Send him back to Impact, Damon. Uh, and he becomes a young lion again in order to find himself. They can chronicle his journey with videos and interviews. He returns at Dash. Uh, Spannerhead says, does the short-term hurt of having an Okada-less G1 outweigh the long-term benefits of a healthy Okada? To me, he is still a shell of the Rainmaker of 2017. And long-term absence to heal his back is what I think he needs to return to that level. So when you were watching this performance, were you thinking, you know, this is a guy who's still clearly banged up, you know, maybe suffering the after effects of COVID or or still, you know, maybe the back. He, he did t- take a lot of back bumps. I mean, he took a uh, made in Japan on the floor outside. Before. I mean, I don't think he's doing that if his back is genuinely fucked. I mean, he's obviously playing that up. Uh, but... When you watch this, do you, are you still thinking, you know, he's he's not looking right, he needs some time off? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know how he could maintain a pace and a, and a, um, a body of work that he did 
for so long. I hate to keep bringing it up, man, but every time I see that, and I, it's not like I watch it every day, but I just it always reminds me of that that documentary of on him during Dallas G one, and he you know he I can't even get out of fucking bed. Um, it does feel like he's lost that spring, and 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 I think proof of that is like is that drop kick as Okada like anymore? Like that drop kick where he would get elevated. And I mean, he he still does the turnbuckle one. You know, he, Shingo took a nice little bump off of that. Um, he does that, um, but when he hits that 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 out of nowhere drop kick, like you compare it when he was hitting it against like Kenny, right? Um, it just doesn't have this that same oomph to it. Like it feels like he's hitting people in the chest as opposed to hitting people in the forehead and the fucking nose with that drop kick. Um, and Shingo's not a tall guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, I, I do think he's, he's, he's a hurting guy. Um, but you could say the same thing about Tanahashi and you could say the same thing. You know, you can even say the same thing about Naito. Yeah, I'm sure it's all, all wrestlers are powering through that. I mean, you, you think Shingo Takagi is sort of hopping in and out of bed up and down the stairs. <laughs> oh, I feel as fit as a fiddle today. You know, they're all, they're all banged up, aren't they? Right, and some are worse than others, and um, so yeah. I mean, I no no one is sitting here saying that Okada is done by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, 2018 Okada, 2017 Okada, 2016 Okada. I know, like it feels like in New Japan, every every year you add on to one of those top guys, it's like adding five years, ten years to 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 their body. Um, it's they they put it they they put their bodies through through hell, um, and some guys can't. I mean, a guy like. I mean, you see it. You see it all the time. Older wrestlers, and and you know, I'm talking about you know guys in the '90s. Guys who wrestled in the '90s can barely walk, and they're getting hip replacement surgery, and they're getting knees replaced. That's 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 the future for these guys, for the most part. It's it's the sad it's a sad thing, but what they put their bodies through when they're 20, 30, and even in some cases, early 40s, that's plays, you know, that's a factor. And you, you and again, every year wrestling that style, it's like adding five to 10 years to your fucking life. Or you know, shaving five to 10 years off. Thanks for bringing the mood down, Damon. Um, let me throw it. <laughs> I'm me... sorry. But no, it, no, but, it's out. I'm joking. But it is. It's, it's a salient point. You know what I mean? um, this is an interesting question from Classic Catch. Uh, she asks, why did New Japan have Okada give a long interview bashing the double gold idea and the new belt, essentially a babyface promo to a large section of the fan base, only to have him lose? He's had quite a few interesting promos like this where he's been like the voice of the disgruntled fan, you know, shitting on the interference or the booking or the double title thing and, and all of that. What do you make of that? I think they... I, I mean, I think that's a frustration that not, not not only we have but they have 
do you think guys in the back are like, you know, when they're getting the finish or they're getting a match layout, you know, that they're thrilled with something like that, especially a guy like Okada. You think Okada was thrilled to have, you know, matches at Corkin against fucking Ghetto and, you know, and, you know, I mean, they're friends and all, but it's, you know, there's only so much of that you can handle. Um, but yeah, he was, and I think that says a lot about his place in the company. Uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Juice Robinson cutting a promo like that would go over very well. Um, but here's the thing too, he's been consistent, right? Even when we were talking about double gold dash dome shows. You know, he was the one that was like, I really don't give a fuck about that white belt. I'm wrestling for this belt because this is the one that matters. Um, so he's always been that guy that's been, that shits on the whole idea of it. Um, I kind of like the fact that he's honest about it. You know, I, I do. But but again, I don't think anybody in the company would be able to cut that kind of promo. Um, shitting on the concept of, merging belts and double gold dashes and all that stuff okay let's talk about the fourth match then the special singles match with Kota Ibushi defeating Jeff Cobb in 14 minutes 54 seconds with a Kamigoye and Booz Leprechaun says can we finally put some proper respect on Ibushi's G1 last year in light of his match with Cobb fights in his opponent's style thus giving his opponent the chance to shine whether they win or lose it's not always sexy or flashy but who else among the top four or five guys does this and yeah I, I do want to make that same point the same thing did occur to me watching this match that we should celebrate Kota Ibushi because he's a guy who I think has been given a, a, a bit of a, a an unfair rep this year you know people have been bearing his title reign and I think apart from the Sonata match I thought all his title matches were really good and I, I think he's a, a tremendous wrestler he maybe doesn't get enough love from the fandom and he is outstanding at finding his opponent's strengths this match was a case in point and also showed not only that but how much Jeff Cobb has improved over the last 12 months as well. The, the pacing of his matches are much better. Like He's spacing out those big, spectacular spots. Uh, you know, Jeff Cobb has been one of the, the bright lights in New Japan over the last year. And you know, looking at the, the tradition of the big Hoss wrestler, I would say uh, uh, now Jeff Cobb has eclipsed Michael Elgin. You know, Elgin had that brilliant match with Tetsuya Naito back in 2017. But now I think Jeff Cobb's resume as a New Japan wrestler is superior to that of Elgin. So I think that's something worth uh, mentioning and they were just I, I love this match Damon there were some really outstanding spots like the the pizza toss where he just grabbed Ibushi and just flung him around and Ibushi was like basically turned into a helicopter <laughs> that was hilarious uh, the, the kobigoye and Ibushi selling at that where he just like arched his back he's up on his tiptoes like that's how he wants people to sell the kamigoye so those were two really outstanding moments there and by the end of the match it looks like Ibushi has survived Cobb rather than beating him. And yeah, right. Booze correctly points out how Ibushi always makes his opponents look good in defeat. Uh, so I thought this was just a, an outstanding match, you know, nice and tight, 50 minutes, no filler. It was all really good stuff, really exciting. So you can't say enough good things about this one. Uh, uh, Dr. Gary says, with how good Cobb is getting, and, and surely the IWGP challenge in his future, how does this impact the United Empire when Osprey finally returns? Will Osprey still be the head honcho? And it's worth mentioning that Jeff Cobb has beaten Will Ospreay in their last two singles encounters. So something to keep an eye for the future. So, uh, Damon, what, what did you think of Ibushi versus Cobb? Loved it. I love this match. And I'll tell you why. Um, one, we always talk about how Jeff Cobb, it's always a benefit to Jeff 
when he has a guy that can bump for him, you know, and he can just toss people around. And and you got to tip your cap to Kota Ibushi for being the guy to take a lot of hard hitting shit. Uh, two, it, 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 we the idea of there there might have been a time where Jeff Cobb would have tried to have wrestled a Kota Ibushi match in this match. And they went the he opposite. Did. He did. I mean, Kota if, if you, sorry, Damon, if you go back and watch Jeff Cobb's debut G1 in 2019, he is trying to wrestle types of matches that are not playing to his strengths. And he get, he's getting gassed right. and the matches are not paced well. They're going too long. He's working the wrong style. It's not bringing out his strengths. But he's he seems to have completely flipped that on its head. And he is just delivering every single time he goes out there and has a singles match. I'm standing up and applauding. I think he's been outstanding. Yep. I love the fact that this match was constructed around not limbs, not, you know, uh, uh, you know, leg locks and arm bars. And I'm going to work on the neck or he focused on, <laughs> what would th- people might on the surface think is the strength of Kota Obushi, but he, re- he, w- he worked on his core and, and taking the wind out of him and, and, uh, you know, focusing on like ribs and, you know, every move was just something to take the wind out of Kota Obushi. Mm, but sorry, make it, hard it, for him it to- didn't start off like that though, did it? It started off with them having a striking match, sort of, you know, that MMA yep. style and Jeff Cobb's thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show this guy, going toe to toe with him, exchanging the, you know, the elbows and the kicks and then he really sees Ibushi getting the better of him and Cobb's like, fuck this, I'm an Olympic wrestler and just shoots with the double yep. leg, puts him on his ass and starts mauling him. So I, I thought that was a really great way to start the match. Yep. And, and he smothered him. Like he worked on smother. And that doesn't mean that there was, wasn't like crazy spots like you you know when 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 abushi does that you know tight that, uh, you know he's walking on the top rope and he hits that uh uh, uh you know in, in the corner and the what i don't even know what he calls it what does he call that the fucking you know he's, where he springs boards off the, the top rope the golden triangle uh, moonsault nah not the moonsault because he did well he did do that from the top rope and jeff and jeff barely caught him but thank god he did um Nah, the one where he does the, uh, uh, fuck me. You know, he does like the Frankensteiner from the top rope. Yes, yeah. I forget what he calls it. I, I'm terrible with names. But like that, like Jeff flew across the ring on that one. Um, and then there was the hard-hitting strikes, right? The whole match was, was you know, centered around those fucking knee strikes. I love the match, man. I love the way it was paced. I love the way it was set up. I love the fact that Coda did all his crazy bumps. He took a lot of hard hitting stuff. Uh, he got Jeff over as a monster and as a, as this guy that you're right. It felt like he ju- he he didn't win the match. He survived the match. Um, and I thought even in even in losing, Jeff Cobb looked great. So no, I thought this was fantastic. I, I loved just about everything about it. Like, there was really nothing that where I was like, eh. everything I thought was not only good, not only uh, executed well, it was smart pro wrestling. Like it made sense. Um, and that I, I think I appreciate that more than anything else. Like, okay, right. We're going to strike. Okay. That's not going to work out very well. Let me do what I do best. D- double like take the boom, And now we're pounding the shit. 
and I'm smothering the guy. Third match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with El Desperado getting his first successful defense against Yo in 23 minutes and 40 seconds. This match was good, but not great. But I think we've got to give right. these guys a pass, given the fact that we know that Despy was recovering from a really nasty-sounding bout of COVID. And Yo as well, if rumours are to be believed, has been suffering too. So I think pretty good match considering their respective health problems. Um, the the dynamics of this were a bit strange to me because there was sort of like dueling leg work, which is not something you expect to see from a babyface. And it just again, I've, I've said it many times that I think Yo would be a better heel than a babyface because it was unsure who I was supposed to be cheering for there. Which you know I don't always need sort of WWE style. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy coding in a match, but. Yo, he's got that kind of sort of swagger and, and smugness and also the way that he works his matches with the, the leg work that I think makes him, would make him a more effective heel than a babyface. But uh, I think the, this match, yeah, it did get, get going in the end. I thought a really nice, smooth closing stretch at the end with Despy sort of laying him out with a big punch and then the pinche loco at the end. Uh, Taiji Ishimori coming out as the next challenger and it seems like we'll get Hiromu back soon as well. So hopefully a bit of life being injected into what's a you know pretty stale junior division at the moment but uh yeah i thought this was a, a a good solid match yeah that's what i would say too good solid match um i i i went into this kind of looking okay how are they going to construct this match um how is he how's despy going to look can he go 15 minutes can he so every like time stamp i'm kind of sitting there like okay he's Cross that bar- barrier. He's crossed that timestamp. He's crossed that. Um, I think. I think it was absolutely intentional that they they worked on legs and you know there was a, a little bit more of that. You're not going to see a lot of paced recklessness. Um, I thought things were deliberately set that way just to buy them time, right? And I and 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 I say that with not you know I'm not shrugging my shoulders and hand waving like I, I that's to be expected i and, and i thought they did a good job of it um solid match i mean to me i liked abushi and Cobb more uh but it was right there like it, it, it like um i guess for a junior match i kind of want a little bit more and i don't know if yo's that guy I don't know if Yo's Yo's a guy that I don't want to say he's not good because that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I just don't feel excitement when I see Yo, and I don't think I think that played a little bit into this as well. Like I just I don't know what it is. I think he's a good wrestler. I don't get excited when I see Yo. No, it's not. It wasn't your typical uh, junior heavyweight title match. Uh, you know, we've been spoiled really in recent years. I'm mean, thinking back at Dominions where we've had the likes of Kushida versus Hiromu, or Hiromu versus Osprey, or Osprey versus Ryu Lee. They had that insane match um, back in Dominion 2019. So yeah, it was a, a different style of match. And I think again, they're kind of down to the bare bones really as far as that junior division goes. I think once um, they can start bringing imports in more reliably, then we can start freshening things up a bit. But yeah, I think in a, a non-COVID world, I don't think Yo will be uh, sniffing a, a junior title shot, to be honest. But uh, 
I thought they, they, they did well considering the circumstances. Um, I'll move yep. on then to the second match, which was Bushi, Sanada and Tetsuya Naito defeating Doki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi in 11 minutes 31 seconds with Sanada getting the pinfall over Zack with the Aussie suplex. So I, I enjoyed this a lot. I thought this was cool. There were some really nice reversals down the stretch between Zack and Sanada. And then at the end, we had Naito and Sanada challenging Dangerous Techers for those uh, IWGP heavyweight tag titles. And I like this. I'm really excited by this, Damon, because... Oh, yeah. Gorillas of Destiny, you understand that while they're there in Japan, that New Japan feel the need to use them and, and have them prominently booked in the heavyweight tag division. But now that they've gone, I think there's opportunities to do a lot more fresher stuff. You know, that sort of all Japan style booking where you take two high profile singles wrestlers who are not doing anything and make them into a, a good tag team and start having exciting feuds with that. So now I'm really excited about uh, Taichi and Zach versus. Um, Sonada and Naito because there's sort of good chemistry between all, all four guys you know we've seen Zack and Sonada have got great chemistry Zack and Naito have got great chemistry Taichi and Naito have got great chemistry so I think there's a lot to look forward to there oh yeah I mean this is this is what we've been pining for for years is the idea of a big star challenging for these titles um, and we got a little taste of it with, with uh, Tana and Ibushi and now you put Naito in the mix and Sonata. Yeah. I'm I'm fucking all about this. This like this this excites me to no end. It really does. Because it does give those titles a little bit more punch. Like you mean to tell me when they when they do this, when they book this match, this isn't like it at, at minimum semi main event? main event like this can be a fucking great match yeah, I, I think this would uh, be a semi-main event at like a big summer struggle show so this you, you have yeah. th- this is the semi-main and then Shingo Ibushi is your main event yeah and when you think of the mud that we've had to go through it, it for years for these tag titles it was just a thing but the idea of, of yeah I mean we're calling it the all Japan uh uh Tag titles here, uh, you know, the booking structure here. We're going back to the 90s. But the truth of the matter is, is that, yeah, those tag titles were, they meant something because it because it meant something. And we got guys, we got top of the card guys fighting for this, these titles in this past year. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, the match was good. Don't get me wrong. But I think everyone was just focused on the fact that in our very near future, we've got Sonata, Naito, Dangerous Techers, tag titles. No one's complaining about that. I forgot to ask you before, what what are your thoughts on an upcoming Desperado versus Ishimori Jr. type match? Well, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be very good. Um... I think I so. feel like we've been here before. Ishimori is more of a dynamic opponent that I think would get the best out of Despi. So when you know Despi's had a chance to recover, he's a guy who I think excels in when you get in those you know high paced, high flying. You know, he's not a typical high flyer, but he is capable of doing those spots, you know, high intensity stuff. And I think Ishimori is a guy who wrestles in a, a faster, uh, higher paced, more intense style than a Yo would. So I think Ishimori and Desperado yeah. has got a better chance of being an exciting match. 
Do you think that that is a we're just buying time for Hiromo to come back? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, and we're and we're waiting for Despy. We're waiting for Despy Hiromo, right? Yes, I think so. Um, I mean, it brings me on to the the first match for Dominion, which was Fantasmo, Ishimori, Chase Owens, Yujiro, and Evil defeating the team of Show, Yoshihashi, Ishii, Goto, and Tanahashi, with Ishimori getting the pin over Show after hitting him with a bloody cross, which has set up uh, a couple of matches for the first half of the Kizuna Road Tour. So on June the twenty second. We're going to have the never openweight six-man tag team championships defended with the chaos team of Yoshihashi, Ishii and Goto defending against the Bullet Club team of Evil, Hiro Takashi and Dick Togo. I just sicked up in my mouth a little bit. And then on June the 23rd, we're going to have the IWGP Junior heavyweight tag team championships defended with Roppongi 3K defending against... Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasma, which is a match I'm you know sure is going to be good. They they have wrestled each other three times before, so although it doesn't feel fresh, and that's not really fresh, it's relatively fresh considering the uh, everlasting Rapongi 3K versus Kalamar and Desperado feud that we've been treated to before. But it just speaks to the fact that this division, the junior division, the junior tag division, is very very stale at the moment. Granakuma pointed out on Twitter something I agree with that this is where the, the forbidden door well let's not call it that anymore but the partnership with AEW once they can get cross uh, Pacific uh, talent exchange going I think New Japan's junior tag division would benefit from getting some AEW talent over there and freshening things up or not even just AEW get, in, get just anyone just get some new bodies in anyway. there just because it is very stale at the moment so uh, yeah, are you, are you excited at all about those two title matches I just mentioned? <laughs> well, um, maybe one of the two. Uh, I, again, I will say this. It's uh, it's refreshing to see the spotlight be on the never six-mans. Um, the idea of uh, Dick Togo hopping in there to... Uh, <laughs> it's really not. I don't know why we're doing that. We have a, we have we have a roster full of talented individuals that would uh, appreciate just a little taste of the spotlight. Uh, I don't know if Dick Togo would would be on my list uh, of all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you take the, look, you take the, some some of that unpredictability and some of that. Uh, uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. Factor that we talked about at the beginning of the show. You got to take the good with the bad, John. You got to yeah. take the good with and, the And better bad. to have Dick Togo and Evelyn Udro in the Never Six Man action than having them yeah. in the main event. So. Fucking about, yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, them fucking about in the main event. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can always tell. Wait, you can always tell when Joel uh, when uh, is is Esther going to sleep soon? Uh, yeah, she's asleep in in the adjacent room. Actually, I, 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 <laughs> right. you can tell. And I wanted to bring on yeah. to, to another point actually about the the English commentary for Dominion because I, I listen to the English comms. You know, Kevin Kelly absolutely fine, but the I, I know Rocky Romero was commentating like there was someone sleeping in the adjacent room to him because he just did not want to raise his voice at all. And Chris Charlton sounded like he was in a cave, so it was <laughs> it was it was a funny one. So it sucks, you know. It's like they tr- they got to call a fucking pro wrestling show and have like life go around. Like you know, Kevin Kelly's you know wife is you know doing the dishes or uh, you know trying to watch fucking Netflix, and you got him screaming his head off in the room next door. <laughs> what do you think Cheryl feels like? It's five o'clock in the morning when I'm like, fuck this, 
this guy. Like, oh, my life. Somebody save me. Well, uh, there were a couple of other title matches on the Row 2 Dominion shows. I don't, did you see either the heavyweight tag or the never six-man tag title matches? I saw the tag championship match. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's touch on that then. So this was on yep. July the 1st at Korokuen. We had Dangerous Techers successfully defending against... Uh, no, sorry, that was that they defeated Gorilla's Destiny to take the heavyweight tag titles from them. I thought this was really good, actually. Um... You know, some people were saying that this would have been better off put on a Dominion card, but I like the fact that they put it as the main event at Coracle and gave it time to tell the story. Miho Abe came back. Uh, they got all the shenanigans out of the way nice and early, and I thought there's some really good stuff here. It was, as a lot of people have said, I think the best iteration of Dangerous Techers versus G.O.D. that we could have hoped for. There's some really good chemistry. The Tangaloa and Zack exchanges were really good. Uh, I also always enjoy Tai Chi kicking people really hard. And it was a nice feel-good moment at the end. And I want to give some love to Taichi for his promos. He's one of my favourite promos in the company, actually, because he's he's not really cutting heel promos at all. He's giving these really sort of softly spoken, very thoughtful, but very deep, very cutting promos as well, where it's just he seems to be talking with a lot of sincerity, but in a way that's very compelling as well. So um, I know this feud isn't for everyone. I know people, people are probably glad to see the back of it, but I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, I, I liked it knowing the end result, right? Uh, but even how we got there, it was good. Um, I mean, I, truth be told, I didn't have super expectations. But I, the, I so is here's the my takeaway from it though. You know how we all love like heel Tanahashi. Like when, you know, his little jaunt over like to DDT, if you remember back that. And he's kind of shitting on DDT as a, as a promotion. And, and I don't know, he's got a little arrogance to him, a little bit more, well, what the fuck am I doing in this in this dollar store promote? You know, he's got that, you know, but he's just being Tanahashi. Like I kind of like the flip side of that where, where, where dangerous techers are, again, they're heels, but... There's this element of, I don't know if it's relatability or, um, like, you see their point, I guess. Yeah, like, it's a case in point. The, the promo he cut after Dominion where he was saying to Naito, he's directly addressing Naito. He's saying, do you really want these tag belts? Do you, do you respect the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship or are you just doing this to fill time because you're not good enough to be in the main event scene? Have you just brought Sonata as your plus one? do you really want this? Think about that. And it's not, you know, oh, you're a fucking idiot kind of heel promo. It's something that makes you, you know, even if you're not cheering for Taichi and Zach, think, hmm, he's got a point there. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the best heels have that, you know, throughout the history of wrestling. Like you may not like their actions, but there's, there's, there's connective tissue to, it's not just, a simple, oh, I turned on this guy because I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. But it's more, you know, a little bit more subtle and a little bit more nuanced. And it's, it's a little bit more, oh, okay. I mean, he does have a kind of a point there, you know. Uh, you know, you, he, your thinking might be skewed a bit, but you, you, you have a point. Um, and I like that. And I like the fact that the dynamic of them being these, I don't even want to say reluctant baby faces, is is... I, I kind of like that role of them, you know. I kind of like 
Maybe it's because it's different. Maybe it's because you don't usually see it. Maybe it's because they do it so well. But yeah, I mean, that like I really enjoy that. Um, you know, and as as much as I am not the biggest fan, like I thought, God did good here. I thought they did well. I think they, I, 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 here's the thing with God. Like, I never really go into a G.O.D. match thinking, okay, I'm going to get fucking something I'm going to rewatch forever. Usually, I'm generally happy when the match is over and we're, and we're done. And it's not terrible. And it's not, you know, anything I'm going to jump up and down with. I thought they did really good with this. Um, I think they I think they do have decent chemistry, these two. Um I don't have a problem seeing them back in a mix, but much later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Much later, much later. Uh, I think there's there's plenty of interesting and fresh things that they could be doing stateside, if that is indeed where they're going. You know, they could be having some fun and interesting feuds in Impact or AW or even Strong while they're over there. So uh, don't no, no need to rush back to Japan. Right, right, exactly. Let's let's let this percolate a little bit, and then, then you know you can come back into the mix a little later on. But but again, I think that's just because we've seen enough of them. But I don't think they have bad chemistry at all. Those two teams, I really don't. And then let's talk about the show that took place on Wednesday, June the second at Korakuen Hall. Uh, particularly the main event, which was the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Championship match with the Chaos Team of Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto. I think it was was their record-breaking defense, actually, where they beat Bushi, Sonata, yeah. and Naito. 31 minutes, 15 seconds. So Yoshihashi, of course, getting the win, getting the submission over Bushi with a butterfly lock. They don't miss statement. You put these belts, these three guys at the, the top of a Korakuen card, everyone goes home happy. They always deliver. Yoshihashi looks like a star. You get all these guys in little bite-sized chunks where they can you know, shine and it's not outstaying its welcome. You, know, you get a sixth of a Bushi match and a sixth of a Sonata match and a sixth of a Yoshihashi match and it all clicks together. It's exciting. It's it's well-paced. Everyone is delivering and these have just become one of the highlights for me of New Japan over the last 12 months. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It takes guys and allows them to do what they do well, quickly, get out of the ring. <laughs> Right, right. I'm not asking yeah, Sonata to do Sonata a 36 minute the ring. <laughs> Someone else, right. right? That's I mean that, and that is perfectly a okay. And it does camouflage. You, you know, you do forget when you get that. Okay, I don't necessarily want a 36 minute Hiroki Goto match, right? I don't necessarily want you know, but you have these guys that are excellent pro wrestlers. That again, maybe they're. Maybe they're, you know, maybe physically not uh, 100%. And they're able to still perform in the ring at a at a great pace and make it, uh, exciting matches with, you know, one-third of the work. Like, I think that, that – and I'm not saying that to be, you know, to be negative. I'm saying that that, that this is a positive. Um, you're, you're hiding weaknesses. Sonata, the idea of a Sonata fucking thirty minute match is nauseating. Put him in, put him in this mix, yes, no doubt. And here's the thing: as much as I like shit on the idea of Dick Togo being in it, okay, Dick Togo for for in and out in you know 
a minute or two. I mean, is is that horrible? The idea of that there's a, a lot of people that might want that spot. Okay, but how are you going to fit both? You know, it's 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 not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, it, it, and and it could be, you know, it could be somewhat exciting, right? But no, the never six man titles should be used more effectively, um, in the sense of more often, because they usually deliver. They're usually solid. They hide weaknesses. They make they make people in those matches look better. <laughs> you know what I mean? They make them look better. Um, and you add the idea of the titles actually meaning something, and they're fighting for something that's worth it, and not just some random multi-man tag match. Um, it does lend itself to um, a, 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 a piece of the puzzle that you can use on shows where, again, we're not going to, and I hate using the term waste big matches, but you can put a match like that second to top or at the top, um, put bodies on a, on a show, and it will work. And fast forwarding to that June 22nd match where we've got our Chaos Champions defending against that horrible team of Hydro, Evil and Dick Togo, I will be absolutely heartbroken if Chaos lose that match. So whilst I'm no fan of that Bullet Club team, I'm going to be really emotionally invested in this one. I'm going to be cheering and, and living or dying by right. every near fall there because I really, really want Chaos to retain those titles. These are the best champions that these... Uh, never six man belts have ever had so I think there is real stakes and emotional uh, attachment to that match coming up against Bullet Club because I could easily see Bullet Club winning that and giving those three guys a belt and give them something to do and I don't want it to happen I'll be very very upset if they do right that's here's what they did all that all that I mean look no you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back that's that's good and you know why there's such dicks and they're such you know you don't want to see them win the title now for whatever reason now again maybe back in in the 80s it was i hate this guy he's a bad guy whatever like you don't want to see you you are emotionally invested and the reason why you're emotionally invested is all the work that they put in to make you emotionally invested that's i mean for all our bitching and moaning about it kind of doing what it set out to do yeah, Pro Wrestling 101. So I will applaud them yeah. for uh, setting this match up. And I actually, you now I've talked myself into being excited about it and looking forward to it. <laughs> Look at this. Eh? Look at these sons of uh, Here's something else that's interesting uh, for this Kizuna Road tour. Uh, we have Yota Suji and Yuya Uemura embarking on singles gauntlets. So each wrestler is going to be oh. involved in a gauntlet of five singles matches. So Yota Suji on... The 14th is facing Tanahashi. 15th, he's got Taichi. 16th, he's got Okada, which is really interesting. 22nd, he's got Zack Sabre Jr. And the 23rd, he's got Great Okan. Yuya Uemura on the 14th, he's got Suzuki. So that's been about a year in the making, that Suzuki versus Uemura singles match. On the 15th, he's got Zack. 16th, Tanahashi. 22nd, Taichi. And the 23rd, he's got Ibushi. So I think there is a good reason to be tuning in for those undercards to check out these singles matches with Suji and Uemura, who, you know, they've been around for about three and a half years now. It was 2018. I remember New Japan Cup 2018 when they debuted. So I think 
we are getting very close to the point where I want to see these guys out on excursion. And there are there are options for that now. So maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say this is the swan song for them as young lines because they, they've got to get someone else to fill those spots because if they, the pair of them leave, then there's, there's no one left. Uh, but definitely, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really interested in these matches, you know, particularly seeing Okada against Yota Suji. That's a really interesting one. And Uemura against Suzuki will be one to keep an eye out for as well. I feel, and you might not be able to off the top of your head, but didn't they do this before? I want to say it was with um, Show and Yo. Yeah, and and they did it with Kitamura as well. I remember him having a gauntlet match before he disappeared off the face of the earth. Right. Um, Oh, I love the idea of this. I love the idea of this. And then there's some, a little bit of competition between the two, you know, who's got, you know, I mean, they might go over, 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 and then somebody picks up a fucking shock win, maybe, right? To kind of get a leg up on the other young lion. I don't know. Maybe a count out win, you know, something, you know, crazy. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, that, 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 I like that a lot. That's really great. I mean, listen, you're looking at guys losing over and over and again. But maybe you know, somehow somebody gets like a fucking dumb win. Gets the win. Hmm. Well, you could have some sort of uh, faction recruitment angle at the end. You know, I, I'm looking at Suji, the fact that he's got Great O'Connor as his last match. So maybe they, you know, something at the end where he gets recruited to United Empire. I don't know. But uh, I mean, we're, pro- we're probably or... looking at 10 uh, routine defeats from these guys. But right. we, we could talk okay, ourselves but into then they're some tied. stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, let's say they're tied, right? And then they have a match together to decide who wins. Yeah, I'm into right? it. All right, let's fucking do it. Call them up. Call them up. <laughs> All right, well, um, I cannot talk to you about Strong this week because uh, New Japan World was down earlier today, so I did not get a chance to watch it. So <laughs> I don't know if you oh. have watched uh, Strong, Damon, and you've no. got any hot takes you want to share, <laughs> but we can save that until next week. I'll save them till next week, if you don't mind. Uh I was very busy with sports this week, mm. so I cannot. I cannot I didn't watch. Okay, uh, well, we have a few questions. You know, I'm going to save those until next week. I think uh, it's been a very nice show, Damon. A lot, of, lot to unpack there from Dominion and to look forward to with Kazuna Road. So I say we leave it there. So let me plug redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we'll be very, very grateful. Discord link is also in the show notes. We're starting to see more action more activity lots of people joining since dominion i suspect uh more people getting back on the new japan bandwagon there so if you want to join the fun uh you can find that link in the show notes at cobra kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast if you want to get one of our t-shirts uh scampi has now found a wonderful loving new home uh one of my i don't know did i mention it last week one of these girls that i used to teach in china has adopted him uh, and he is so happy there, Damon. She sends me videos every day of him, you know, snuggling in the bed with her and, and showing Aww. his belly. He's just, he looks like he's having the time of his life there. So very happy for the, the scampster there. So you can uh, show some love by buying his T-shirt as well. Um, thank you as always to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219 and uh, exciting stuff on the way from Escape the Box. we got some new yeah. songs coming out soon, which hopefully we can give you some news on. Uh, subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great wrestling-related shows. 
Give us a five snake review on iTunes and some kind words. Really helps us move up those rankings. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.